Hello, friends, and welcome to an extra special episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are sitting down with John Chick of Locked On Rangers tonight to discuss all of the crazy trade deadline action, including the cop trade, the addition of Morgan Barron, and even more, including maybe Mark Shifley. All this coming right up on tonight's jam-packed Locked On Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, a special crossover with the Locked On Rangers. We'll be joining John Chick of Locked On Rangers shortly to discuss all of the crazy stuff that happened between Winnipeg and New York. But before we go any further, I just wanted to say thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you're wondering who I am, I am Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLocal and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We really love and appreciate your support. Now, without further ado, it's time to get this show on the road and start talking Jets and Rangers hockey with John of Locked On Rangers. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Winnipeg Jets fans. we got a very special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined here by Harrison L. of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Harrison, how are we doing today, buddy? Not too bad. How about you? Uh, doing pretty well. You know, still kind of reeling from uh, the Rangers just having a disastrous performance in New Jersey the other night. But overall, good trade deadline day for them. So I guess we'll take the good with the bad. But, uh, you know, I definitely want to ask you about this trade. And for anybody who needs a quick refresher, everything that went one way or the other in this trade, you had Andrew Kopp and a six-round pick in 2023 going from Winnipeg to New York. And then you also had from New York to Winnipeg, Morgan Barron, two second-round picks. One of the second-rounders can become a first-rounder if the Rangers make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, also a fifth-round pick uh, from the Rangers to the Jets in 2023. So a lot of moving parts, but... Uh, Harrison, I just wanted to ask you, uh, what was your reaction to this trade? Uh, did you think that this was going to happen? I mean, obviously, he's an impending unrestricted free agent. So uh, just your general thoughts when you saw this trade go down the other day. Um, I think pretty much everyone from like the Jets fandom and, and really from the team, they were uh, expecting Andrew Kopp to be traded. Um, the biggest question was to where, and I think there was a lot of debate over who would be um, the best trade partner. And it's funny because like the Rangers and the Jets over the past couple of years they're kind of like really good friends. Um, they just seem seemingly swap players all the time, um, which is kind of a funny working relationship. But uh, as far as the cop trade is concerned, I was pretty okay with it. I think it's got like a nice floor of a couple of second round picks. Um, you got uh, Morgan Barron, who seems like he's a pretty decent prospect and I'll probably ask about him uh, later today. But um, overall, I, I thought it was, you know, about what I expected. I know that the the Jets are probably hoping for like a first round pick guaranteed from somewhere, but it just doesn't seem like with the market the way it was um, that anyone was really going for it. If it was a if it was a defenseman, maybe, but it seems like some of the forwards were a little bit more um, depressed in trade value. So, given the circumstances, I was pretty okay with it. Yeah, I considered it a small win that the Rangers didn't have to give up a first rounder to get him because I felt like it was a little bit of a seller's market this year. You know, guys were getting pretty decent returns. Um, I do want to ask you about 
uh, the trade from this perspective too, though, because, you know, I looked at the standings a little bit earlier today. Jets, you know, they're on the outside of the playoff picture looking in, but they're not out by that much. I think it's only three points behind the Dallas Stars. So was there any, you know, were you or Jets fans in general, was anybody like upset that this trade was made and, and people saying, oh man, we should be going for it. We're right there. Let's, let's try to get into the playoffs. Or uh, did you feel like the return was enough to justify the trade? I think a couple of years ago, um, Jets fans probably would have felt differently than they do now. They would have been like really gung-ho to make it. Uh, over the past couple of years, though, I think the the general sentiment has started to turn towards um, the Jets being very underwhelming. And so this trade, because Cop was not resigning at all and uh, his agent and stuff made that pretty clear, um, I think most people were pretty accepting of it. You know, the, the team kind of needs... Uh, a bit of a makeover long-term. And I think that there's a lot that has to change uh, both at a coaching level and with the roster, but cop, you know, as much as everyone liked him, he's not the kind of guy, he's not like a Mark Shifley or uh, a Pierre-Luc Dubois. So fans were a little bit more open to letting him go. And I think, you know, I wasn't really uh, loving the idea of like a five by five extension. That's a pretty decent chunk of money. Um, and with the jets where they are, I, I think it was just a sort of a mutual parting of ways. So in this case, I think it actually worked out for both parties. Um, and the Jets, I honestly, I don't know that I really want them to even push for the playoffs. Um, I still think that they're going to do it anyways because they need playoff revenue and stuff. But yeah, not not really um, focused on that as much. Hey, you know what? It's anybody's game if you get in, though. I mean, we saw Montreal against all odds. Nobody was picking them. They went to the finals last year. So uh, we'll see if the Jets can... Uh you know, pull it off despite being, I guess, what you could call a soft seller uh, at the deadline. Um, but, you know, we talked about everything that went in both directions. Do you feel like the return was about right for Andrew Kopp? Or do you think the Jets uh, got more than they should have been able to? Or was it not quite enough? I mean, just kind of give us a, a feel for that if you can. Uh, so I think the return was pretty okay. Um, it's about what I thought would be a nice comparable package. Um, the one thing that did kind of catch my eye was I think one of those second rounders uh, can be deferred to 2023. Um, and if that's the case, and I don't recall if it had any particular conditions, but if it is, um, I think that's actually pretty good for the Jets. Uh, you know, obviously Winnipeg at this point is just rooting for the Rangers to uh, make it through a couple of playoff rounds and get to the conference finals. Um, I'm sure Cop will play a pivotal role if that happens because, uh, you know, Andrew's pretty decent. So I could see him being a nice impact forward there. Um, kind of an interesting uh, sequence of moves I thought the Rangers made. I'm not really sure where the team stands at the end of it, but I'm curious to see how cop really fits in uh, because, you know, looking at what they paid for him, it wasn't like the most expensive package, but it certainly wasn't cheap. So I think for both sides, the return was pretty fair. Yeah. I think the jets did a nice job, you know, getting themselves obviously two high draft picks, the two second rounders. And for the Rangers, you know, not just with the cop trade, but I think with the other moves that they made uh, at or near the deadline, they did a nice job making their team better but not giving up, you know, big time draft picks, no first rounders again, unless they make it to the Eastern conference finals and didn't really have to give up any prospects either. So like you were saying, Harrison, man, I, I think it's pretty much a win-win for both of these teams here. Um, and, and something that I really like about Andrew Kopp before he even came to the Rangers, the way I've been describing him, and you can tell me if this is accurate or not. I feel like he's one of those guys. He's like a B plus at everything. This guy, you know, he may not be a superstar in any one singular aspect of the game, but this guy does a little bit of everything to help you win. And, you know, something that I really like is that he can play, you know, up and down the lineup. He can play special teams. He can play any of the uh, forward positions. Um, is there a position that you 
think that he plays best among the three forward positions and which position did he play most often uh, for Winnipeg there? So I think he's best as a center. Um, when he's down the middle, his game is just so much more well-rounded. Uh, recently, he's been cast as a winger alongside Cop or alongside Adam Lowry. Um, he's also played with Mark Shifley as a winger. Uh, you know, they again, like you said, he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, so they just sort of toss him everywhere they can. I will say that he used to be like a defensive specialist, but over the past couple of years, um, his game has actually trended more towards being an attacking-minded forward, so... Sometimes the defensive work, not as, as stout as it used to be, but uh, when it comes to like the penalty kill and stuff, he's definitely uh, very dangerous. He and Adam Lowry have been creating um, a lot of shorthanded chances recently. So uh, you, you can basically do whatever you want with him. And if you put him at center and you give him the right line mates, I think he'll make like an elite middle six forward. That makes sense to me. And, uh, you know, I, I figure we'll continue talking about Cop. We'll get into some other things as well. I know you want to ask me at least a question or two about Morgan Barron, who you got in the trade. And we will indeed talk about Morgan Barron and a few other moving pieces. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we begin the march to the NHL playoffs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? Log into betonline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with betonline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello folks, welcome back to this very special episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, uh, crossing over with Locked On Rangers. We are, of course, talking about the Winnipeg Jets and the New York Rangers making all of these crazy trades, including the Andrew Kopp trade, and we'll get back to some of the pieces involved in that trade in just a little bit. As always, though, I just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, also be sure to check out Locked On NHL featuring our very special program, Locked On Now, which offers all of the greatest insights and really fast looks at nightly game recaps so that you always stay abreast of every NHL game and all the hockey action you can handle. Subscribing is free, and again, we really love and appreciate your support. Now, back to our conversation with John Schick of Locked On Rangers. You know, Harrison, getting back to Cop real quick here, um, you know, obviously he just made his debut for the Rangers, that disastrous outing against the Devils, but he had a nice game, had two assists, and uh, something that really stood out for me was right off the bat, he actually led the Rangers in time on the ice on the penalty kill, and I know that's something that he does quite a lot of, um, is he one of the, was he one of the elite penalty killers on the jets? And, uh, do you think that will continue where he'll see a lot of time when the Rangers are shorthanded? Yeah. So, you know, the jets penalty kill, I'll be honest, it does kind of suck at times, but I don't think it was, <laughs> you know, it wasn't really on guys like cop so much as it was the system that they were using, uh, after Paul Maurice left, it actually has improved quite a bit. So cop has definitely been, uh, when it comes to penalty killers for the jets, uh, one of the most well-rounded and one of the best. Um, and I think his his work rates and his defensive work, especially a couple of years ago, really made him like a perfect fit. Uh, the, the guy loves blocking shots. He likes intercepting passing and shooting lanes. Um, he's a very smart player, and I think he understands how to pick off stuff very well. 
Uh, and he's also really physical. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but he loves grinding on the forecheck. He'll get into the corners and he's not afraid to throw with the shoulder a little bit. So if you're looking for somebody who can kind of be uh, a bit of a pest on the penalty kill and also unafraid to sort of pressure puck carriers as they're moving around the blue line and stuff and, and really making it difficult, that's kind of cop specialty. Yeah, for sure. I think we saw a little bit of that on display, you know, in his uh, season debut with the Rangers there. And uh, I wanted to ask you, like, I mean, do you know, do you get any kind of a sense, you know, watching his interviews over the years and just watching him interact with teammates, like what kind of a personality he has? I know he had kind of a funny moment during his introductory presser. Uh, there was a situation where uh, one of the media members cell phone went off and he was answering a question. And in the middle of an his answer, he was like, that's a fine. And then he just kept going with his uh with his answer there. So I'm just wondering, man, like, like what kind of, is he like, uh, does he keep things loose? Is he intense? Just kind of give me a feel for that. If you can, you know, how he kind of interacts with his teammates and the role he has, you know, on, on the jets previously. The vibe I kind of got with him is he's kind of like, almost like a, a little bit of a laid back surfer bro type. Um, but when it comes to like his performance on the ice and how he feels the team is doing, uh, he is kind of a quiet leader. Um, sometimes it's gotten a little more vocal recently. I think you could tell that, he wasn't super pleased with how the jets have been. I think he wasn't happy that the team it's kind of been spinning wheels for a few years now. And I feel like cop, uh, you know, he's, he's what getting closer to 28, um, something like that, 27, 28. So, you know, he wants to really be on a, a competitive squad. And I think as the jets have kind of struggled, you know, he really wants to be somebody who's seen as, you know, a player you can look up to, you can rely on and somebody who can kind of rally the troops. And I think, he had very good terms with a lot of the Jets leadership. Um, he was very, he was calm in his interviews and I think he was very composed, uh, but you could tell that there's like that burning passion underneath where he wants to be somebody who, again, the Jets turn to constantly. And I'm sure with how the Rangers are, he would be a perfect fit for that uh, locker room. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because the Rangers have a situation where, you know, Ryan Strom, he's typically their second line center. I'm sure he will continue to be for the rest of the season here. But he's also an impending unrestricted free agent at season's end. And, you know, they're talking for a while, and then they're not talking, and they're talking, and they're not talking. So I'm wondering if it might be that they don't feel like they can get a deal done with Ryan Strom, and they see Andrew Kopp as maybe a slightly uh, cheaper alternative. You know, maybe he could be the second-line center going forward. But I'm just wondering, you know, you mentioned that, you know, Jets fans weren't too hopeful about an extension. Do you have any idea, like, what kind of numbers and years were being tossed around for Kopp and, and what he kind of – balked at because it sounded like he didn't really want to sign the extension yeah so i from what i heard he turned down a five million by four deal um so you know 20 20 total it sounds like he's looking for five or six years um and maybe a bit more uh bit more cash i don't know how much more he could really command on the market just because uh i think his comparable is probably somewhere around zach hyman uh into similar kind of player but i don't know if his reputation is at the level where he could start to really um, push for more than that, because, you know, recently he's been like hitting career highs and points and stuff, but because he doesn't have like a super long track record of it, I, I don't know if it would push a lot further than five. I think like five and a half would probably be like the high end of his cap hit. It's funny because that's about the price that I think the Rangers are looking to go to with Ryan Strome, but probably not much more than that. I mean, he's currently making four and a half and, you know, Based on everything you've said, I think the offer that the Jets made was pretty fair. I, I guess from your point of view, maybe it's a little unfortunate that a deal couldn't get done. But then again, now you've got a little bit more cap space to play with going forward. And obviously, you get a nice return on the trade as well. Um, do you want to ask me anything about Morgan Barron? I mean, obviously, he's the the one 
tangible piece that went back. Everything else was draft picks. So uh, any questions about uh, Baron? I can kind of give you the lowdown on him. Yeah, I think, you know, for Jets fans, we're just curious to know what kind of player he is, because from what I've heard, he's like 6'4", he's huge. Um, and it sounds like he was maybe kind of like a really tall Andrew Kopp-like player, but I, I kind of, from the sounds of it, he sounds more like Adam Lowry. So I was curious to know what you've uh, what you've gotten from him. I can see those comparisons a little bit, and I should just preface everything that I'm about to say here by saying that, you know, he only played 18 total games with the Rangers. There were five last year toward the end of the regular season. Uh, you know, the Rangers were out of the playoffs by then, so they wanted to call him up, just give him a little bit of run. And then 13 games this year, and he was kind of in and out of the lineup. Uh, for one reason or another, it just never felt like he could really, um, you know, take a firm grip on a spot in the lineup night in and night out. And it was kind of hard to figure out because when he was in there, Seemed like he played with a lot of tenacity, a fairly uh, defensively responsible player, especially for being as young and as inexperienced as he is. And, you know, you look at some of the players that the Rangers dress pretty much night in and night out. Uh, Greg McKaig is a guy that, that comes to mind. Uh, Ranger fans tend to, uh, you know, give him a little bit of flack because he's not, you know, the most talented player in the world. He is what he is. He's a fourth liner and a penalty killer, and there's not really any upside to speak of. But yet, it was hard to figure out why guys like McKaig and a couple others were always in the lineup, and Morgan Barron, for one reason or another, just could not stick. Uh, he's somebody that became a crowd favorite pretty fast. There were a lot of Ranger fans. You know, if you go on social media, everybody was clamoring to see more of Morgan Barron, uh, somebody that, you know, produced a good amount of points at Cornell University. He was a point-per-game player, not this year, but last year with the AHL Hartford Wolfpack, and somebody that was a six-round draft pick. So for that reason alone, kind of makes him fun to root for because he's a little bit of an underdog. And I mean, Harrison, we've both watched a lot of hockey and we know, man, there, you know, you're a six round draft pick. NHL history is littered with six round draft picks that never get anywhere near the NHL. So in some ways he's already beaten the odds. Um, I, I don't know that he's got, you know, tremendous upside the way a lot of other young players around this league might, but for somebody that could kind of round out your bottom six, maybe step into a third line role, a fourth line role. I think uh, he would suit, most teams just fine. And I think uh, you got a good young player here. And I will say this, you know, the dude plays really hard. So it's never going to be a lack of effort with Morgan Barron. If he gets a chance to play for the Jets this season, which I'm hoping he does because I like the kid, um, I think you guys are going to like him pretty quickly. Hey, friends, welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's crossover episode with Locked On Rangers. We are finalizing some thoughts about the Rangers deadline and the Jets deadline, plus maybe some thoughts about Mark Shifley and what his future may hold if it's with Winnipeg or maybe even the Rangers. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because the Jets, obviously, they made that trade. They sent Cop away, but they are still in the middle of this playoff race. And I'm happy for Morgan Barron because, you know, a lot of times on deadline day, you know, it's teams that are definitely going to the playoffs that trade with teams that are definitely not going to the playoffs. But he lands in a place where, you know, maybe he even takes Cop's spot in the roster and gets into the middle of a playoff chase. I mean, do you think they could do that? Do you think we could see him debut fairly soon for the Jets at the NHL level there? I think it probably would have happened if they hadn't traded for Mason Appleton and Zach Sanford. Um, the roster right now actually has like a decent logjam of uh, middle six and bottom six players. So I don't know if the plan is to kind of get Morgan a game or two. It depends on what the Jets, I think, are at with the playoff race in a couple of weeks. Um, my gut feeling is the Jets are not going to be able to get past Dallas. Now, if Vegas kind of keeps faltering, there's a chance that the timing sort of works out. Uh, but Morgan might be kept with the moose for that for the the, the time being, um, just because Manitoba is on like a very clear track. And I think 
they're starting to, you know, bulk up for a real deep playoff run. So this year, it might just be that he doesn't really get a, a lot of Jets time, but I could see him being really pivotal at the AHL level, especially because like Manitoba, they've, they've lost a lot of players to the Jets over the past couple of weeks. Winnipeg has had some like injury issues and stuff. So this would be a time where it's actually super convenient for him to be joining the org so that they can, you know, not worry so much about guys departing the team. And it sounds like from all accounts, he's a really good player and he's been, you know, dominating for the Wolfpack. So Manitoba's probably thrilled to Adam. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how they use him. And uh, like you said, I mean, hopefully he gets a chance at the NHL level, uh, you know, at some point this season, maybe even who knows, he might even be playing for this team in the playoffs. Crazier things have definitely happened. Um, but I want to ask you, there was another player that, you know, I did a, a special, you know, leading up to the trade deadline. I was looking at the non-playoff teams and trying to figure out, you know, ideal trade targets for the Rangers from all those teams. And I didn't really expect this to happen, but I tossed out Mark Shifley as kind of like an off-the-wall pick. Now, obviously, the Jets don't have to trade him because he's got two more years left on his contract at a very reasonable price for as good of a player as he is. But, I mean, how do you think this shakes out with Shifley? Is there a chance he gets moved in the offseason, or is he there for the long haul? I mean, they they could go into, like, a rebuild if they trade him. Obviously, they could get a lot for him. Just any thoughts on Mark Shifley and the big picture with him there uh, on the Jets? So... Shifley is kind of in an odd spot because he only has a couple of years left um, and he's 28. And I think the team, I, you know, I don't have like a lot of insight into the back rooms and stuff, but I, I get the sense with the rumors that are starting to leak out. Um, and the fact that Shifley's being mentioned as a player, the jets have to make a decision on, it feels like he's gone. It feels like they're going to trade him. I think this would not be a consideration if, somebody with the team is not looking to start the trade talks. Cause I think, you know, where the team is uh, the fact that Dubois has basically supplanted him immediately as the most dangerous center on the team. Um, Shifley's lack of defensive work uh, and just the, the kind of mediocre play that we've seen from him at times. I think the jets are just kind of tired of it. Uh, and I, th I think that, you know, it's not just Shifley that has a lot of issues uh, with the performance levels and stuff, but Mark, he is kind of seen as somebody who's supposed to be a leader on the ice. And I think just for his sake, I think he really needs a change of scenery. The past couple of years, his body language, um, the interviews that he's given, the expressions that he has, he just does not seem happy. And it's like, for me, on the one hand, I'm like super frustrated with how he's played. But on the other hand, like understanding what the Jets have done and how they've disappointed, I really can't blame him. I, I totally get it from like a personal perspective, why he'd be kind of maybe, be a, you know, a little bit pissed even. So if he wants to start over and, and go to a place like the Rangers would be a pretty, a pretty good landing spot. I could see um, him immediately fitting into a team uh, that has like a second line center role for him. I think that there could be something there. Um, you know, the Rangers, we already have a good working relationship with the trade stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of precedent. Somehow the Rangers are slowly turning into Winnipeg 2.0. Um, I don't know how that's managed to happen, but uh, we, you know, we seemingly love swapping players. So there might be something there. It's funny you say that because for a while it was the Tampa Bay Lightning that were, you know, Rangers South, and now it's the Carolina Hurricanes. I swear there's like nine former Rangers playing for the Canes right now. So, uh, you know, the Canes, they're a team that definitely scares me come playoff time. And if they make some crazy run and go to the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm definitely going to be uh, very, very conflicted when that happens because I'd be happy for my former Rangers. But, man, it'd be cool to win it in New York instead, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Jets fans – they were probably hoping for guys like Truba and um, Cop to be 
on a Jets winning uh, cup team, but obviously that uh, that never really panned out. So we'll have to accept a, a Rangers run instead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess by default, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it sounds like Jets fans are going to have to root for the Rangers. If you want that first round draft pick, uh, you're going to have to root for them to get conference finals. Um, but, you know, I, I figure we could pretty much wrap up there. But is there anything you're looking for from the Jets the rest of the way? Are there certain prospects that you'd like to see them promote to the NHL level? Or uh, would you hold off on that since they're still in the playoff race? Just just kind of a feel for what you're hoping for from the Jets the rest of the way. Honestly, I, I'd be totally okay with them playing some kids. Um, Vili Heinola is one that I really feel they need to start opening up space for. Um, I think he's the kind of kid where if you leave him too long with the AHL team, the way that he plays and the way that he thinks about stuff, I think the AHL doesn't really suit his game. So the only way that he's really going to develop is to kind of get called up and play with the Jets. And I think, honestly, Winnipeg's defense is bad enough to where he would actually be, um, just by virtue of really fast and really good at moving the puck, he'd be an improvement. Uh, I wouldn't mind Barron getting getting some reps on the fourth line. I mean, Winnipeg's you know bottom six isn't all that special. So you know if, if the Jets want to give him a run out uh, or David Gustafson, I'd be pretty cool with that. I think the Jets have lots of room uh, for internal improvement. And even if they are chasing a playoff spot, you know, the future is also at stake. So get your evaluations in now and start thinking about, you know, the, the subsequent seasons. That makes sense to me. And, and like I said, I figure we can call it there. But Harrison, listen, man, this is a ton of fun. I think I speak for all Ranger fans when I say uh, we certainly appreciate getting a little bit more background on Andrew Kopp. You know, we've only seen him play the one game. And obviously you've been watching in the, the past couple of seasons there in Winnipeg. Um, but yeah, ton of fun, and uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. For sure. All right, and uh, Ranger fans, Jet fans, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Folks, that is going to be all the time that we have for tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Thank you so much for listening and making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, though, be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Locked On Fantasy Hockey should be your second listen of the day, hosted by Steel Roden and Flip Livingston, as they help you become the master of your fantasy hockey league. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to subscribe right now. And as always, thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!